This is the Beards of Blue Ridge, episode 21. 21 episodes. Blackjack. That's right. It is Blackjack. That really like bring up things for Graham. Don't you gamble? Didn't you have a gambling problem? <laughs> I didn't have, I mean, I had much more of a substance use problem, but I mean, I enjoy gambling too. I had a gambling problem like that I guess I should like have said, too. didn't you have a gambling problem, but you weren't very good. That's, that's <laughs> accurate, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I did enjoy betting on sports. That was, that was fun. Um, did you bet on the derby? I did not. Yeah, I, I've never done really gotten into that. I've, I, I probably, I mean, I'll play. I'll still play like poker for like a little. You know, people are like, hey, let's you know, let's put a bunch of money in. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. You know, but I'll play for a little bit with like my men's group, and I wouldn't mind putting money on a college football game, my wife would probably kill me. So that's that's in the past, yeah. That didn't happen anymore. I don't gamble at all with anything like that. That's probably good. Yeah, I don't even buy raffle tickets. I'll donate really? money, Yeah. but I don't even get into all that because I, I don't know what it triggers in me to, to you know, it's like that I'm going to win. If I lose, then I think I can take what I have left and win right. it back. Yeah. Right. You know, I do like kind of uh, triggers a mental obsession. Oh, yeah, no, I'm yeah. sure I'm a, a gambling yeah. holic. Yeah, that's what you call. I do like scratch off tickets. I don't get them as much anymore. I, I used either. to do them a lot. Oh. So funny, you know, my wife's from Alabama, and they didn't have they don't have the lottery system in Alabama, so gotcha. you can't get scratch off tickets, lottery, anything like that. And we had just gotten married. We were married a couple months, and we go down to Savannah to see my family and. We walked in, I can't remember what the context was. We walked into a gas station, and they gave her back some change, and she had like a $10 bill, and I was like, you should get a $10 scratch-off. And she was like, nah, no, nah. I was like, just come on, just try it. you never even done one before. Yeah. She gets it, wins 100 bucks, right? So she was like, ooh. I was like, hey. She's like, sweet, let's go get the 100 I was like, well, let's let's buy five more tickets and keep 50 And she was like, like typical gambling addict. She, I was like, let's see what we can get going here. She was like, she was like, but no, I just, I just want the hundred dollars. I was like, but what if we hit another hundred? She was right. like, I don't like your way of thinking. I'm just, just going to keep the hundred. Yeah, and I was like, like I'd have bought two twenty dollar tickets. Yeah, and kept sixty, but I would have spent that whole hundred. I would have lost. Yeah. You'd have come out scratched them all, and lost. That's that. why you, you shouldn't do it. Oh, that whole system, well, the whole yeah. system's targeted to middle class and low class people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Lower income people, yeah. and it just drains them. Yeah. Right? It's like Kentucky's weird version of it back in the day. I don't know if it's different now, but it was they brought the lottery claiming that they were going to use it to help fund schools but and the people that, that couldn't afford you know books and food. well you're taking their money is why they can't That's what they do here. The, lot <laughs> the lottery system here in Georgia funds the Hope Scholarship. Which blow, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't understand. But, you know, whatever. That's You're like, hey, my kid's got hope. And it's like, yeah, it's you gambled away thousands of dollars. You know? <laughs> I just thought about no. this when you asked about the Kentucky Derby. Have you been before? Because you're from mm -hmm. Kentucky. No, I don't. It's, uh, it's like I don't get into those um, glamorous social events. Like, unless I'm, I, I have to go to something like that because I'm passionate about whatever it is, yeah. I just. I don't, you know, it's beyond my, even when I was using, obviously, so it's black or white, I'm either 
way too high at the time to even present myself at a place like that. Yeah. And now there is no reason. Like, I don't want to be around a bunch of drunk people. I don't want to be around yeah, gambling. Sure. I don't, you know, I have no desire to to do it. So it's not something that I would yeah. do. I know some people who have gone to Kentucky Derby and you've got the, the glamorous, the big hats right. and the dressed up side. And then there's the infield, right. which is like the look, which is yeah. like the, uh, this sounds but the NASCAR oh, yeah. crew down Party there that's a little yeah. bit different from yeah a little bit wilder I remember we were uh, a bunch of my buddies in high school had met this family on like a cruise from Kentucky and their parents let them go and I was like hey can I go to the Kentucky Derby I was like 18 my mom never no <laughs> what it's and like my friends you? going down to spring break at the beach in high school a lot of my yeah. friends their parents would just let them go and my parents were always like are you yeah. crazy <laughs> to the beach by yourself yeah. they already knew who you were <laughs> yeah they just and they were just they just knew like i wouldn't let my kids go you know what i mean did you see speaking of savannah did you see that little um i think i i don't get on facebook very often but i got on it the other day and maybe yesterday this little boy had lost his mom, dad and then lost his mom so his aunt was raising him and he would go around you know, because oh, yeah. everybody's worried about his, you know, how sad he was and all. But he went and his aunt bought these little toys. And his whole thing was he wanted to go and give them out to make people smile because he feels like not enough people smile. Like his goal was to get 33,000 smiles. Yeah. You know, and they did this whole news story on him. That's cool. Kind of like, well, you probably just got the 33,000 yeah, right? yeah. by doing the news story. But that's what we need more of. We need less Kentucky Derby people and more. More of that kid. Because imagine how many people left there not smiling. Yeah. A lot. Oh, yeah. yeah, tons. Put their mortgage up on a horse and right and even when you do smile it's not like it's coming from a different it's not really so much a place of joy it's more of like a like situational a, happiness yeah, it is, yeah completely circumstantial which is all part you know yeah. all part of like some addictive behavior you know? right. well it's kind of like it's that comes to mind the thing like we talked about with social media where just because someone has a smile on their face too doesn't mean that everything's all roses you know what i mean correct it's easy to put a smile on um but oh, yeah. it's it's harder to actually show what's actually going on on the inside you know oh, a ton of people do that they deal with you know internal warfare that you'll never know about and yeah. it's, i mean i think that's part of like when you show up and interact with people is always constantly asking yourself you know, do what is what I'm getting ready to say, you know, something that is, is, I guess, fully educated on this person's experience, what they're going through, or could I be saying something I don't know anything about, yeah. you know? Because I think there's so many sides to, you know, we see two sides to a coin, but there, there's always more than that, sure. you know? Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's like being aware and empathetic that not everybody's external appearance is going to mirror what yeah. the internal condition is you know that's like uh i had a, i had a guy i was working with in years past and he was had just kind of gotten in the field and i remember him you guys have heard it before but he said it to a guy he's like hey you just got to fake it till you make it and i was and then i followed up, i was like yeah until that almost kills you you know what right, i mean because right, like yeah. you, you continue to fake it you're not ever you know right. it's not yeah. ever especially when we're talking about something emotional you know what i mean 
it's yeah. not going to end well for you. So, yeah. well, we just kind of dove right in. I mean, how was your weekend? Um, it was it was good. I did a lot of uh, I mopped half half of what I needed to. Yeah. And then, but that was my whole weekend. Then I mowed the front lawn. It's really the one that the you know the HOA sees and judges you off. Yeah. They're pretty much anything they can't see. They're like, it's your business. Yeah. So next weekend, I gotta I gotta flip it around. I gotta mop the other half, and then I gotta I gotta mow the the back half. Yeah. Which is the the complete disaster. It's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if you keep it lower, it's easier to cut, quicker to cut. That's true. Like once you let it get so high, you gotta push a little. Yeah. <laughs> you, know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta stall the way. Something that takes like twenty minutes now takes an hour yeah. and a half. Yeah, you mm-hmm. cut it every just cut it every weekend. Yeah, yeah. It, it was good though because I needed like you get that good feeling of like accomplishing something. And your and son's then, like, probably yeah. big enough now to push a mower. Don't tell him it's like a park in the back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially if you get this, my, they're all self-propelled now too. You yeah. know what I mean? So they're just you're just walking behind them. He, he's he's or, lived a quite listen, different life than I did growing up. I saw, <laughs> he's lived a quite posh life. So I life. saw a uh, down in I don't know some fancy place in Atlanta. I saw one of those um, you know the I, I Roombas or I Robots mm-hmm. or the inside. Well, this is the outside one that cuts the grass. And it actually looked, it was doing a pretty good job. I yeah. mean, it was impressive, you know, because you it. just put it out and don't let the grass get too high, and it just constantly keeps cut. That's genius is what yeah, that is. Yeah, you ought to go get you one. I need one of those. No, it, it works. They actually work. Oh, well, yeah. What do you have? <laughs> one? He talks about he does landscape. <laughs> no, 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 we don't. He sits in a lawn chair. He's taking up your hobby, Marcus. <laughs> sitting in a lawn chair. I legit have. Being disloyal and falling asleep. And I, I, drive, I drive to church to sleep. <laughs> my yard is so small. I can I can cut my grass in 30 minutes. Just just cutting. And then I got to edge it and blow and all that kind of stuff. But oh, really? You talk about HOA. So... Ours, we have a new neighborhood, right? So the builder is just turning. We had to form an HOA board. And at first, these ladies who are running, my wife included, were like, hey, you should speak to me. They're like, why don't you come on and be the interim president? I was like, no, nah, like, you don't want, want any, you don't want any part of that. That's so my wife, of course, was like, well, I'll be on the board, right? Yeah. So she got voted on the HOA board, right? And she's the treasurer, so she's yeah. ever seen the money. But my wife, is she is really good at, like, uh, just because she already deals with contracts and insurance and money and stuff in her day job, yeah. so she's good at that. But she's like me too. Like, if I, except for hanging up uh, paper towel holders and that kind of stuff. But if I'm, <laughs> if I go in on something, I just I skip first, second, third, fourth, and go right to fifth gear and just yeah. go. And she's already doing that with the HOA. So it's, I was like, you realize you're going to be one of the most hated people in the oh, yeah. That's the downside. Like all the weird politics that come with oh, it. It's yeah. Talk about like different, everybody has a different viewpoint on one situation. I mean, it's, I, I love and respect all the people that do do it, but I, I couldn't. I like it because I feel like I got an inside person on the HOA board, you know what I mean? Yeah, my wife did it and I felt pretty good. Like I had a fast track on what I was I can be happening. like a big donor or a booster, like a college football program or political where like, hey, my wife's the face, but I'm really pulling the strings behind <laughs> well, the scene, so, you know what I mean? Put all that aside, the problem, like, it, it's a big issue, and in Georgia, there are actually laws on it. So HOAs, what they started doing, like when you sell 
your house. They, because my old townhouse did this, they tried to charge you an absurd amount of money for a letter saying that you're up to date on your HOA dues or whatever it mm-hmm. is, that kind of thing. Um, it, put a lien on your house if you're not. Well, yeah, but that, as far as the letter goes, it became this huge thing in, in Georgia and other states. I think Georgia hasn't capped it. Like some places, they, they won't even let them charge. But in Georgia, I ended up having to pay like $300 and some dollars for a letter yeah. to say I was yeah. in good standing. It's just like, <laughs> they are just, you kidding They want to get some money from you, know you before I mean? you leave, yeah. Yeah, no, it's insane. So it's like that. that's my beef with it. I don't. Yeah. I think people sitting on those and doing whatever they do, fine, you know, it's yeah. whatever. But I think it's, I think they should make it mandated where it's a variety of ages, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And you can't, even down to like a teenager, sure. uh, because they, like in my neighborhood, there's people that complain about the kids riding their bikes. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know what I mean? What would you rather them do? Yeah. You right. Know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I'd rather them ride the bike than rob the house. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, let, <laughs> let, them, let them be goonies, yeah. you know what I mean? Let them yeah. be free riding around on the back. And I was actually, you don't want them bored. No, like, coming I, up with I stuff had, to do. Uh, yeah, let them, let them ride. I, I was driving our, our mule. I think I told you all this one time. I was mm-hmm. driving through the neighborhood with Charlie just driving. Like, you know, the kid, and then somebody called the cops on me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. I was, I was doing three miles an hour, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. I was legit serious at first. I was like, all right, sweet. I'm going to have an inside track on the board. And then I kind of realized, too, one, there's a lot of politics. And like he's saying, and then two, I didn't realize you have to actually go through, like, an attorney to change things on, like, your choice. Because I was thinking, like, sweet. I'm going to have a voice. Mm -hmm. We're going to switch this or switch that. And it's like, now you have these covenants. And in order to change them. But some of it was getting crazy. And I won't won't bore us on here. Yes. Yeah, no, it's it's a different thing. Our HOA actually, I mean, I don't mind. I, when I bought that house, I had to have a. It was a stipulation if the HOA approved me to cut the garage and make it higher mm-hmm. and just reframe it out and make it look the same, yeah. or I couldn't buy the house. And they usually could take like months to make the decision. They didn't in like three days, yeah, because they knew the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, ours was getting crazy because the the neighborhood wasn't finished, so the 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 builder. Which we won't go into issues with him. He was there. He's technically your HOA until the, the, your neighborhood's complete. And then he turns it over right. to a board. We didn't have a board, so for the longest time it was just kind of like a free for all in our neighborhoods. Like I got all the houses in our neighborhood are like a certain color, right? Or certain types of colors you can pick. And then like a few houses down, there's one that's like this. When I talk about bright yellow, I mean like it looks like a crayon. It just sticks out. There's one you drive in. <laughs> They've got all this, and then it's like this bright lipstick red door. Like, so it's different than ever. So yeah. everyone's like, "Hey, like we got a yeah, he, some resemblance here." <laughs> why? You know I mean? But or see, like, that's the part of frustration I have. Is like, why not let people be their unique self? You can. I have a sticker that says, "Be be your be your own unique corn." Yeah, corn. You know what I mean? That's all good and well until you want to be unique next to my house. I'm trying to sell it. Marco's got tell you tell you lower uh, Graham's property value with your unique. Yeah, a yellow, a yellow house is not. I don't see that being. It's like my. If you saw this house, well, my parents like, used wow. to tell me how I had to cut my hair. You know what I mean? It's like, where's the individuality in it? Don't draw outside the lines. Yeah. <laughs> now what? What point are you gonna forgive those people? Oh, okay. Yeah. See. 
for for lowering the value. I'm gonna forgive. <laughs> I'm gonna forgive them when they paint their house the correct color. That's right, the right color. It's actually a really sweet lady who lives over there, so she's nice. She just must be colorblind because it's or really she's just yellow. yellow. Looks like she, the freaking sun. She just bang. Everybody has different tastes, Gray. You know? Her yeah. yellow is, you know, your your how you feel about yellow. Somebody loves it. It's an amazing color. Your blue. Yeah. I like blue. Yeah. That's more. That seems like a purplish blue. The color. Yeah, it's right it's a darkish uh, blue. Maybe. Maybe it's just because the white little dots on it. Those are gray. Well, whatever. It makes it kind of a so, reflective. Yeah. If it was a solid <laughs> color, it'd be more of a blue. I was gonna wear the other shirt, but then I was like, Todd will call me a. Easter egg or whatever it was last time I don't know. So, oh, you mentioned forgiveness. I like forgiveness. To do it, we jumped into it briefly an episode or two ago. When I say jumped into it, we talked about it for a second. But I think it's important. I know we were joking, saying, "Hey, when are you going to forgive that lady in her house?" But I, I think all too often, um, some of we. What am I trying to say? We, we tend to not let people off the hook, right, mm-hmm. for various different things, or ourself included, because I think, I think the hardest person in the world to forgive is ourself. You know? It's easy to forgive other people, just not ourselves. But I think often a lot of internal issues that I've found in my life tend to have to do with unforgiveness. For sure. No, and I was... When you were saying all that, I was like, I, I feel like I've had a hard time. The way my mind works, it's like a, a, like a resentment machine <laughs> in the sense that it logs every slight and every, <clears throat> everything that I think that I would have done to other people. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's got an amazing memory bank on both of those things. Yeah. So forgiveness is always a, a, um, an ongoing issue that I have to work on for myself even forgiving me and forgiving others mm-hmm. because my, my head is always like, like it's just part of how, how my mind works. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. just such a normal <laughs> standard operating procedure yeah. Yeah. that that new ones will always come up and I always have to be working on them. Otherwise it, it builds on me and it starts to one resentment turns into like 87 yeah. And the next thing I know, like whatever, all the joy and, you know, <laughs> yeah. love and good feelings, it just sucks it right out of me, you know? Yeah. And it's always ongoing. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, then you ask yourself, what else is it attached to? Mm-hmm. So when you brought it up, I, I got tons of notes. I just, when I have ideas, I put them on my phone. And so I typed in forgiveness, a search on forgiveness in my notes and, and, you know, I wrote down that, that you develop passion through forgiveness. You know, and said so forgiveness happens when you, you understand that the pain you carry has a purpose. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, because a lot of people resent or hold, they, they hold that resentment, don't forgive because of some kind of pain. Right. Yet it only drives out purpose and passion in their life you know what i mean correct so like if you're able to see it in a different way why you know why am i experiencing this is what people ask but what if you say well what's the purpose of this pain you know and kind of looked at that way because when you forgive you can kind of release the the thought and and your focus from who it's on to, to who you are if that makes sense yeah 
So it's like I look at it as that the lack of forgiveness is is what imprisons me while being forgiving others around me is really what sets Set me you free. free. Cause it's like respect. My forgiveness isn't for you. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? It's, it's, and we, I think it's, it's said all the time. It's like you drink your own poison. Uh, and I think a lot of people hear that and understand it, but they really don't listen. Yeah. You know what I'm oh, yeah. Like, it's, yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, then they and go then on they go and hate you. <laughs> I'm saying what you just yeah, said. Like, yeah. yeah, I agree. For, forgiveness is, and a whole heart of bliss. It is not for anybody else yeah. but yourself, right? Um, the way I the way I look at forgiveness is when I have unforgiveness against someone else, I have a I basically have a debt against that person, right? Like in my mind, emotionally, I think the debt is this person did me wrong. Here's what they did wrong. Here's what they owe me for what they did wrong. Right? right? It may be an apology. It may be an explanation. It may be I want them to suffer the way I suffered, right? Those types of things. And the way, that's the way I look at it is you go around, you're, you're trying to collect on all these debts, right? Mm-hmm. So for me to forgive someone, I have to release them of that debt, right? So hey, internally, I, I'll literally, and I do that sometimes too, and I'll, I'll write down very specifically like, here's how this person wronged me. And here's what I feel like they're owed. And me writing it down and being specific, it's easier for me to say, okay, Marcos, I'm releasing you of, of this. You don't owe this to me anymore. Right? Well, I mean, in a way, that's like going and saying, I'm going to go to Dick's Sporting Goods. I'm going to buy this product. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to leave and have <laughs> that product. And then I'm going to be mad at Dick's for taking my money because yeah. I wanted the product. Right. You know I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And what if he, what if you went even further and the reality of it was was you know a lot of people take take medicines for ailments that they have such as anxiety depression all that what if forgiveness was actually the right medicine mm-hmm. I mean just you know to take it to that level of like just what if yeah what if you practice forgiveness before you pop the Zoloft. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. What if you practice forgiveness before you started dropping the Ambien? Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. You just never know what would happen. You know, I think it's one of the most powerful spiritual gifts that, that any anybody can practice outside of faith. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was it's one of the biggest things. You know, we obviously I got <clears throat> sober at a very spiritual place, so we were. Forgiveness was one of the big, like, week-long groups and exercises that we went through. Right? And I used to tell people when I told it, I'd say, hey, I, I feel like forgiveness is the key, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the greatest gifts that we've been given by God, right? If we get very spiritual, like, without it, yeah. or there's, we're screwed, you know what I mean? To be forgiven for things that we've done and even things that we're going to do, you know what I mean? But... The biggest hurdle I'd run into is I'd hear people, and I've said it before too, where people will be like, well, <clears throat> I've forgiven everybody else. I just can't forgive myself, which I would go to tell people like, well, I don't think, you, I don't think you've really forgiven anyone else, right? Because if, if, you 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 if you can't forgive yourself, I don't know how you can forgive other people. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a good point. 
I, you can't I give just away know, something that you you don't have. You don't have. You know? Well, I mean, think of it this way: is it, what if that was because it for what forgiveness actually requires of people is a change. Mm-hmm. So let's say that I forgive you, and I claim I'm not. I can't forgive myself. It, it all stems out of the fact on a subconscious, like deep level. I know because I'm not going to change. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I'm I'm going to stay who I am, and I'm going to choose to do these things, yeah. and therefore. Forgiveness doesn't work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It can't work without a dramatic change. Yeah. You know, and it goes back to like the story that you tell yourself about the situation. If you're not willing to to t- change the story, you're going to get the same ending. Yeah. I mean, there's no way around that. Yeah. Correct. You know? uh, it's it's I, I love movies that give you you know how they give you like three different options yeah, yeah. to an ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, life doesn't work that yeah. way. Unless there's a different choice made, it requires change. Yeah. You know? yeah. And you said the word choice, I believe, too. Forgiveness, it's a choice, right? You can you can very much choose not to forgive someone, right? right? At the end of the day, it's only going to harm you. Or you can yeah. choose, you know. And if you, I hear people all the time say, well, I'll forgive them when I'm ready. And I'm like, well, that's probably never going to, that yeah, day is probably never going to come, right? Because when you feel ready to do well, it. Well, to me, the 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 part like cause I struggled with forgiveness for years. Like I'm really like a shamefully long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where, yeah. where I would get like most people, then I always had like this one like big resentment. I was like, I can't do that because I I thought that forgiveness was excusing what was done, mm-hmm. or it was saying what was done was acceptable or yeah. okay. And then I I really had to get to a a place of saying like for me forgiveness wasn't saying what they did was okay forgiveness was kind of it was I don't even know that it makes sense but I had a mentor of mine and I was I was talking with her and she had made a point to me that this is actually when um, my my first son and he had passed in delivery but this is prior to his passing. Yeah. So my wife was pregnant. We were talking about resentments, right? And she had said, her, her point to me was, what kind of world do you want to raise your son in? Is it a world of forgiveness? Or is it a world of judgment? And I was like, damn it. Yeah. Forgiveness? Right? When the wives <laughs> yeah. come in, yeah. drop the hammer like so, that? Yeah, she, so she came in and she had, she had said that, and, and it, was, it was heavy. And, I, and, and so for me, I was like, man, I, I really got to deal with like, cause I had gotten most of, I was really down to like one or two for me that, that felt like, like I just couldn't make it okay. Right. And then what I had to learn is like, it's not about making their behavior. Okay. But it is about, it, it was tied probably more to like grace and me making a choice to like be a part of forgiveness. Um, and, and it's what Todd was saying, I think, in the way, like, you give respect whether it's earned or not. Like, right. it, And I had to learn that forgiveness isn't an earned thing. And it's not a, it's not anything that somebody necessarily does to gain. Like, I just have to be willing to give freely for me. Well, that's where grace comes into play. You know what I mean? It's 100% grace. Because a lot grace. of the people, yeah. a lot of times, especially when we have some really deep-rooted stuff and forgiving people, you start saying, well, it's not... They don't deserve to be forgiven. No, they don't. I also wasn't, you know, I don't deserve it either. Correct. You know? and, and, and neither have I with, you know. You know well, and see, that's where I see it as everybody deserves my respect, as in everybody deserves my forgiveness. Because, yep. again, 
what I give the world when I don't forgive and I don't respect mm -hmm. is an absolute Tasmanian devil of torture. Like yeah. I torture people around me. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't ever want to live that way again. So it's 100% everybody around me deserves my forgiveness. Yeah. I don't care what you do to me because at the end of the day, again, it goes back to for, for, to be able to forgive requires change. To be able to change requires truth. You know what I mean? And and where I think we get misguided is what's our truth. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's where I think people hold on to it too long because they won't they won't get honest about where they're really coming from. You know what I mean? And that's the piece that when you're able to let those feelings go, like let's say you had somebody that because you you wonder how some people can forgive people that have raped them and killed somebody they love and all that so quickly. And I think they understand this dynamic, you know, is that one, the power of the pain that they're going through has to have a purpose. Because if it doesn't have a purpose, then it's absolutely meaningless, you know what I mean? So it's then they look at it and say, well, what, what do I have to change and what's my truth about this situation? Yeah. You know, and, and kind of going down that road of saying, I can hold on to it and say, well, my, my truth is I didn't deserve to have done what was done to me. Um, and they should have never done it. they should pay and there's been a conquest and all that's my truth mm -hmm. you know no the truth is that what happened to you has will have damaged you for a long period of time like i mean it violates a lot of of natural laws if you will of let's say it's door slamming this is like ptsd you know yeah. what i mean so it's like we hold on to that energy and it just creates I think more and more mental health issues, more and more we turn to substance use issues. So it's like, what if, you know, you went back and forgiveness was part of the answer to all of our problems? Yeah. Yeah, what areas in your life are you truly not forgiven God, people around you, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and I think going back earlier, you mentioned compassion. It's another thing I, I think compassion will... It can come before, it can come after forgiveness, but I think it's it's going to come at some point. And if you look at the, not Hebrew, but the Greek word, like the root word of compassion, it's compati or something like that, but it means to suffer with, right? Right. So the root meaning of compassion is to suffer with someone, which again goes back to if you're suffering with someone, you understand that there's truth involved. You know what I mean? You're putting yourself mm -hmm. in their shoes. And that's where I think the truth, compassion, truth, love, all that kind of stuff. Well, the, the truth is you're never going to be able to get away from what happened to you. Nope. You know what I mean? It's impossible. to yep. Like losing your son is going to be a part of your life and story forever. Forever, you know right? I mean? For sure. It's like having an a ex-wife for me is going to be a part of my story forever. forever. There's no way to escape that. And it's like, how do you, how do you got choices to, to stay in it and let it drive you or choose to, hey, honor, that's a part of my life and that was an experience I had. What was the purpose? What did I learn? How did my truth change? And who I am now? You know, it's like for me, it completely, having that open mind made me even more hyper aware of two things in my current marriage. One, the, the, the importance of me being a forgiving husband <clears throat> if something happens that I hold on to is immediately trying to get to a space where I forgive and two the value of, of honoring my wife instead of my work if that makes sense yeah you know because I spent so much time at work in the first marriage and all that and it was you know I didn't honor 
the situation. So it's like I, I took the pain and I have a purpose out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something came from it, the value. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think too. You got to be again, at least for me. I got to be intentional about it. You talked about it with your wife because I'm bad about this. Like I can quickly, instead of looking specifically at how I felt I was wrong, I can quickly be like, I forgive you. You know what I mean? Right. But I'm not actually internally going through the process of like understanding specifically. You know, it's like an, it's like I'm doing with my kids right now. My kids will say, "Hey, I'm sorry," and I'll be like, "I want you one. I want you to look in each other's eyes or mine or whoever, and tell me specifically what we're what we're sorry for." You right. know what I mean, like what actually happened? Because it's easy to be like, "I forgive you for what?" You know what I mean? Like, right. Be specific, because I know we can. I can trick myself to be like, "Well, I forgave that person," right? And then a week later, I'm upset, I'm angry, I'm anxious, I'm depressed, I'm whatever it is. And then when I take time to slow down, pray, meditate, whatever, and think about it, it, it can root back into, yeah. oh, I actually didn't forgive this well, person. Well, yeah, and, and not only that, it's, it's, you got to be cautious of, like, with kids in particular, they're going to repeat self-defeating behaviors over and over and over as they, I mean, we do it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but... If I forgive you for this one and then bring that one up again when you do it yeah. again, it's really not really forgiveness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, uh, again, I think forgiveness requires change, and with change requires a learning. So you, you have to learn something about yourself and help other people learn something about themselves to find truth. Yeah. You know? So it's like with kids, it's, it's helping them learn where they're coming from and what caused this dynamic, you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff to true because it, biblically it, it claims, you know, God, once you ask for forgiveness, it's forgotten. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, that'd be awesome. I wish we could do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, how do I strive to do that on a, on a daily basis? Yeah. When I do a 10 step inventory or whatever it is, it's like, Saying here's my part in it, and here's where I'm holding some some kind of energy, and how do I truly forgive and let that go? Yeah, you know. And I agree with the change thing too, because my my mom used to actually tell me, because again, I take the biblical sense of like, well, I can keep asking for forgiveness, keep doing, and they'd yeah. say like, yeah, but if there's no change, there's a problem. But yes, of course, you can keep going back to the well and saying, right. hey, I screwed up. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. But like at some point there has to be some, some some change there. Right. You know what I mean? Well, that even goes down to when you start making amends. It's like my job in an amends is not to gain your forgiveness because your forgiveness is about you, not me. Yeah. You know what I mean? My job in making amends is not to even apologize. My job is to outline behavior I had that hurt you and tell you exactly what I'm going to do to never allow that behavior to impact another person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not just you, but anybody. Now, if you choose to not forgive me, so be it. Yeah, that's know? on them. Right. Doesn't mean you're not forgiven. That, that's but I mean, it, the flip side is, you know, how you ever see somebody that just, they, they beg for somebody's forgiveness, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it, they, that's not going to make you feel better yeah. because it's the guilt and shame that are driving you, not the lack of forgiveness from the other from person. Them. Right. You know what I mean? It's well, like, that's what I'm dealing, I'm trying to teach my kids right now too, is like, uh, which is a good reminder for us, is my son does something, he feels bad about it, he owns up to it, right? My daughter doesn't say, hey, I, I forgive you, right? And try to try to get him to understand, like, she, he'll be like, well, she didn't say she's sorry, and I'm like, okay, that doesn't have anything to do with 
your part, right? Now, right. that's a completely different conversation we're going to have with you, you know right. what I mean? But, yeah, the forgiveness is not about going back to it. It's not about the other person. It's all about No, man, I think people got to look for, for, you know, what's the purpose in this pain? How do I change? And what's my truth, mm-hmm. you know? And you guys are probably, you, I hope you forgive me for this, but uh, I keep getting pressure <laughs> from the wife to have a wife's episode. That's probably good. Oh, yeah. Wife, so we're going to have to coordinate that. Let's and then, it. you know, we can forgive them after <laughs> for whatever said. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. But let's put it yeah. on the books at some point. Let's do it. Okay. We may have to arrange it off. Does that mean where the wives come here? Yeah, or we yeah. all meet up somewhere and do one outside of here, you know what I'm saying? A little remote podcast. That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah. We so, can do like a date night and grill somewhere. That'd be cool. Like and then do a podcast. Speaking one of my love languages now. There. Grilling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that's your, your, your uh, yeah. love language. Good, uh, good thought-provoking question internally, I think, for us three and for all of us. As we go into wrapping this up in next week, who who needs my forgiveness, right? Who do I still need to forgive? Thinking in context of God, self, and others. And also, remember, forgiveness <clears throat> could be an individual that's not even walking this earth anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? And For it's sure. easy to think, well... They're gone, so let me. I don't even have to deal with that anymore. Like, no, I mean, it doesn't even have to be people. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgave it's, my dog for chewing my animals, roses. institutions, yeah. you name it. belief system, whatever. Yeah, my my thing that, and I don't know that I don't know why even that impacted me so much, but it was the what. So, what kind of world do you want to live in? What kind of world mm. do you want to be a part of? Is it one where judgment? Because or is it a world of forgiveness and grace? Because I always, you know, grace has always sounded wonderful to me, right? And forgiveness has always sounded wonderful. give it wonderful. to someone else, you know what I mean? Right, and even, even give it to those that I felt like, quote unquote, like Todd said, didn't deserve it. But I always had to go back to, like I've had to really, I still have to work on what he said. Like I, like it's just, it just, I give it, I don't. It's not about anybody. Well, you, when you don't, earned it. Yeah, yeah, when you don't forgive, it's very rigid. You know, because like yeah. finding plastic that's forgiving, it's being able to bend and shape yeah. and mold to to you know be something that's yeah. needed in that moment, yeah. versus you know something that's super rigid and hard that's not going to change. Right. Good stuff. Hundred percent. Sack Bruce was Bruce Lee. It said, "Be like water." Be like water. Yeah. Yeah. I say it's like be like putty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like putty's very forgiving. It'll bend and mold. That's you right. Shape That's it, right. however, shape you want it. it. however you want. So that you call it "Be Like Putty" podcast. Okay. There's a there's a therapy that's that's about what you're talking. Now about. the question is: Do you spell do you spell putty P U D D Y or P U T T Y? I don't know how to spell D D D. You think? Yeah. Putty. Google, we'll Google that after yeah. this. I never want any spelling bees. Yeah. I'll just throw that out there. I never. <laughs> All right. We will uh, go out there and forgive those folks. Forgive yourself. We will catch yeah. you next week. Whether it's deserved or earned or not. Amen. Be like putty. There you go. <laughs>